Well, folks, the round of 32 has concluded. The Sweet 16 is set and imminent for later this week, and I'm completely wrong about everything. My predictions have gone from being eh to being bad to being literally antithetical to what happens in real life. My analysis, while it might sound good in the moment, feel good to me, then life plays out exactly the opposite. I go, wow, I couldn't have been more wrong if I tried. So with that, I say welcome back to the Rambling Viking podcast, a March Madness edition, recapping the round of 32. Hope you're ready to hear exactly what's not going to happen because that's what I'm going to bring you. And that's the type of analysis you don't get anywhere else. Most people aim to be exactly right. Well, I am pivoting in light of recent uh, circumstances. I'm adapting. You know, you know what they say, adapt or die. I'm adapting here to let you know that I'm going to bring you the exact wrong predictions. And hopefully I don't have to adapt to my adaptation and we can just ride this out. But like I said, you're not going to get this on SportsCenter. You're not going to get this on Yahoo Sports. You're not going to get this on Colin Cowherd. All these people trying to be right, so overrated. Come come over here to the antithetical analysis of March Madness because that's what I'm bringing to you. You know what I said? I said the Big 12 was going to kill it. The Big 12 got killed. Absolutely eviscerated. I said the Pac-12 was more like the Crap 12. Surprise! What a twist in Night Shyamalan style. Pac-12 is dominating, okay? there Now, there are a few givens that I just kind of mixed in there. Like, look, this is this is how it's going to play out because it's just kind of common sense stuff. But there's other things where, you know, when we want to get into the actual analysis, it's like, look, this is, this is what's going to happen. So, hope you're ready for this. Strap in. Before we dive into all the little details, let's go over the bracket points and how those are panning out in our group that we made, our Ride the Lightning group. So, Commando Jar is still leading the pack very commandingly. No pun intended. He is 400 points, still with a ceiling of 1,200 still. So, potential for 1,200. He's only, you know, his percentage is 95%. He's doing really, really well. He rode that Lightning very well. Then, next in line is White Lightning. He's got 360 points, but only, only... Uh, but his cap has dropped to 600 with KU losing. He had them winning it all, so that really screwed things up for him. Haste today is right on his heels at 350 with a potential of 1430. He still has the highest cap, so he could make an epic comeback in the ensuing rounds and end up blowing us all out of the water. Gonna win them all. Who did have Texas winning it all, who has been bounced, is still kind of in the mix of the top half of the group, 340 points. However, they only have 120 more points uh, left possible at, with a, for a grand total of 460. So that's tough. Then your boy, he's got 330. He's hanging in the middle of the pack, just biding his time, waiting until the Elite Eight and the Final Four to strike because he's still got 1090 on the board up for grabs. So he could come in real hot, also make the last minute Sprint to win it all. Then uh, way down there, you got my Ride the Lightning bracket. Now, Baylor is my pick to win it all, and they're still alive. Thank goodness. But uh, I'm, I'm only at 290 still. Uh, not a good showing in this. I didn't break 200 in the first round, and I only got 100 in the second. So my, my second round was okay. And uh, my, my total, though, has dropped to 970. So I, I can't even get to 1,000 anymore possible. My percentage is 15%. I am absolutely destroying the antithetical analysis. Didn't know that's how I was riding the lightning this time. I know you didn't. I even didn't. But that's how I rode the lightning this time. I went the antithetical 
bracket, all right? The exact opposite of what was going to happen. Then below me, we got Lightning McQueen. Now, he's still who, if you remember, picked Ohio State. So they're out of it. But, but so he only has 290, but he's still got 730 up for grabs in total. So about just under 500 points, about 450 points to go. That he could snag and, you know, fall top three, top five maybe. Then we've got Rachel's Ride the Lightning. Now she is bringing up the rear, and it looks like it's probably going to take home. Uh, as of now, she is the caboose of this. And she's got 290, but her max has dropped to 450. She had Oklahoma State winning it all. They are now out amongst other picks. So 450 being the max that she can get. It's it's going to be a struggle. So everyone else is really going to have to tank hard for her to be able to stay alive to basically get not last. But that's where the group stands. It's interesting seeing how these autofills are panning out. I would recommend go to the group. Go check out some of the autofills. So in just raw numbers, a, a real a bracket that I called last minute go pokes, who obviously had Oklahoma State winning. Is 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 number two? It has 400 points, but only has 840s a cap, right? And so you had some other brackets making some moves, some movement. The non ride the lightning ones, which I don't cover on the pod because we're only about ride the lightning. Pretty interesting stuff. Pretty good. So let's jump into the deets of what happened. All right, let's go look at my disgusting bracket. Well, the antithetical from an antithetical standpoint, it's a great bracket, but from uh, just a normal you call a legitimate bracket standpoint, it is absolutely horrendous. Start with some positives. Look, I saw Gonzaga beat OU. There's no, there's no getting around that. It's Gonzaga. They're trying to set a record year going undefeated. OU kind of stayed in it, but that manic magic ran out, and uh, they just couldn't keep up for the entire 40 minutes. 87-71, Gonzaga moves on. No surprise there, right? Exactly. Creighton and oh. Let me back up. Let me preface this with yesterday can be summed up by upsets and blowouts. That's what we had. Now, some of them were upset blowouts or blowout upsets, however you want to phrase it. And then other ones, though, were just the high seed just took the advantage. So Creighton and Ohio. Ohio had the double first name magic of Justin Preston, and then you had the cool name of Vanderplow. I don't know if it's Vanderplow, Vanderplas. I've heard both ways. And apparently they used all of their, they don't, they don't understand pacing and they used all of their magic to beat Virginia, which I will say it took all of their magic. And so when Creighton came in real hot, Ohio did not know what to do. They were like, it was, it was, it's like when, you know, it's like in, um, it's like when the Monstars steal all the basketball abilities of all these famous players. That's basically what it was like. Like Ohio became the guys who lost their their talent and ability, and they were just like, oh, no. Like they basically just got told like, hey, remember, you're Ohio. Now sit down. I will say this. In general, though, conventional wisdom would tell you that like these, these upsets, they usually only last one game, maybe two at most. Now we have some other teams in the mix that we've already talked about on different episodes who who are the Cinderella stories? Those are different, but but because you can have more upsets, but you usually have one, maybe two real Cinderella stories. So then the saddest game of the night for me: USC at KU, at versus KU, and USC absolutely walloped them. They have what I would call now. Let's see. Doesn't look like anybody picked. Nobody picked USC. Good job, team. Where to go, group? This is a 2K game, and by that, I mean this is a rare game. This is such a rare game that you only see it usually 
in 2K. I, for instance, I've only had one game that I could that I would classify in the same category as this game as, as having a 2K game. And that is where one team gets so lights out and so red hot that it's honestly, it's like statistically, physically, whatever word you want to use, impossible for the other team to win. Even if they shoot, say, normal or above average, like it would just make the score closer, but you can't win. And that's what this game was. You want to talk about a dagger to the heart. This was like, I was like, well, at least KU and Baylor are still in it. You know, all my Big 12 picks went awry. And then it turns out, I was like, no, no, no. I'm really riding this train of being absolutely wrong. So uh, none of the Big 12 were going to make it past the Sweet 16 or to the Sweet 16 even, except Baylor. Good job. Yay. So, but hey, it's the name of the game. If you're antithetically riding the lightning, then guess what? It's almost like instead of riding the lightning from the sky to the ground, I found a bolt that was hitting the ground, grabbed it, and rode it back up into the clouds. So that's basically what my bracket picks and all my analysis for March Madness are. So I, just to keep that straight in your brain. But let's look at these. So KU shot a whopping 29% from the field and 24% from three. Bad night, right? You'd say that's a night where if you shoot that bad, you're probably losing no matter what. No matter what, right? You can maybe keep it close if it's a defensive night and both teams shoot real low like that. You know, the other team shoots 35 and 28 type split on their percentages. But USC said, no, 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 we're, we, we won by 34 and here's why. 57% from the field and then their three-point percentage was better than, was 61%, 11 for 18 so they shot better from three than they did from the field. And as I mentioned before, I've had one game in 2K where we did this. And I walloped my friend like this, but I don't remember how much I beat him by, but it was basically the same. It was this kind of beating where it was just like, oh, there's just the lead just kept growing and kept going and he couldn't make shots and I couldn't miss shots. And I was like, oh my gosh. And and as I was watching that, I was just having flashbacks to the to that game. Now, the fun part of the, about the 2K game was I was on the winning side of that and so it felt good but also I remember openly admitting saying like dude I don't know how I'm making all these shots because I like basically my whole team my whole starting five got hot from three and it was it was game it was game but like the second quarter I was like yeah and I was like no no I'll start missing and I just didn't stop missing and that's what happened last night it was hard to watch now if you're a USC fan you hype but uh if you're not, and I don't imagine I have very many USC fans listening to to this podcast, then that was that was oof, oof. Then Oregon and Iowa, another one. Now this one, this is a very special pick here. This was a very special pick because this one I was exactly wrong on. So this is this would be this is my perfect pick in my antithetical analysis. It is absolute perfection. I made a case that Oregon was going to be, yes, they're fresh. However, they had not played a game yet, and so they weren't in any sort of rhythm, and they're coming into the second round where the stakes just got even higher, and and so they're, that's going to be a shock value. Iowa is in a rhythm. They won their first game. They're feeling good. They're ready to go. They know where they're at in the tournament, and they're going to come out, and they're going to they're going to perform, right? Any kinks that they could have had have gotten worked out. Well, here's what happened, all right? perfectly wrong. Oregon came up energized, ready to go. Iowa was not ready to see that much energy because most everyone, everyone else has played one game, either, uh, has played one game two days ago. And so everyone else is kind of on the same like energy level. Like you can ride the adrenaline stuff, but as far as like actual physical fitness, everyone's kind of there. Like, okay, we got one game under our belts. We, you know, we're a little bit tired, but we're here in the NCAA tournament. We're 
amped. Well, Oregon was like, we haven't played one game yet. And uh, so we're going to, it was a yam city. Yam city. Now, it wasn't like USC and KU where it was like Iowa shot abysmal, Oregon shot, no, they were normal shooting spreads, Oregon shot a little bit better, but it was just that energy. Um, they they had all of the energy and bounce. So honestly, Oregon moving forward, I'm, I guess that's who I'm pulling for in that game. Uh, I hate the Pac-12, especially right now because they beat a lot of Big 12 teams. But I guess that's gonna that might be my prediction moving forward. We'll see. That'll be its own episode. Moving on to more games. Now we did all we did also. Wow, grammar is hard. Michigan and LSU. Michigan handled business against LSU. It was a hard-fought game, but Michigan ultimately got the dub. And what did we learn from this game? We learned that the the yellow is more powerful than the purple with LSU's colors. If you're if you're you weren't aware, so Michigan was in their yellow and LSU was in their purple. LSU is purple and yellow. And there's been this great debate happening. I'm sure you've heard of it. If you haven't, um, it's it's a real thing. No need to fact check me on that. That LSU is trying to decide. All right, what's what holds more? What holds more winning power? Is it our purple? Is it our yellow? Which one is better? And here they wore their purples. Now, unfortunately, Michigan wore the yellow, and so thus giving them the advantage. Unbeknownst to LSU, Michigan, however, did have an inside track and have an agent in LSU's camp and had figured by this point that it was yellow that actually had the slight uh, winning potential advantage. And so that, that's what led him to the win. Uh, now, the magic that was Colorado, they made the same fatal mistake as Ohio. Now, they were the top seed, so it's not an upset mistake, but they used all of their magic on Georgetown to beat them by 23 points, and now they lost by almost 20 points to Florida State. So here we see the spear of the Seminole, because the Seminole, you know, the the American, uh, well, the Native Americans, historically, you know, they were expert hunters at uh, at going after buffalo. And that's what the Colorado, that's what Colorado is. And, and here we see it purely it came down to Colorado using all their magic and then also the mascot battle. And here the mascot battle goes to the Seminoles. They took down the buffalo and now they, they used every piece, you know. As was as is such tradition, they used it all. Nothing went to waste. And so Florida State moves on. Colorado takes the L, and their magical trip ends. Next up, we see that Abilene Christian, which I found out was actually a K-State knockoff. They're purple, and they're the Wildcats. And I believe it's also kind of a silver hue. They learned very quickly that they used all of their magic, and they were not ready for the Bruin blue blood. Okay, the Bruins surprising the upset, right, over BYU. And you're like, okay, yeah, they kind of showed the Mormons like, hey, this is what the NCAA tournament's about. But, you know, this was where two upsets meet in the second round. Now, typically you'd think this would be a great game. It's an 11-14 matchup, 20-point bomb. UCLA spanks Abilene Christian, says, oh, no, 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 and, and puts them in their place. And it's like, look, we don't accept knockoffs in the Sweet 16. You're a K-State knockoff. You're Abilene Christian. Sorry about you. Bye-bye. And had to put them in their place, right? And as a blue blood, look, their their reputation as a blue blood is on the line. Like their their membership as a blue blood is on the line. They lose to Abilene Christian in this fashion, knock off Wildcats. It's gonna put into question. They're gonna have to go before the panel of blue bloods, and they might that membership might be revoked. 
they might be out of the Blue Bloods after this. I mean, they they made the tournament, so they had to do something. And uh, so that that's really what we saw in that game. UCLA moves on to Sweet 16. Then Maryland and Alabama. I guess this. I guess poaching poaching bench uh, four star football players has worked out well for Alabama because they handed it to Maryland, ninety six seventy seven. This was a classic battle of who's the better Tagovailoa brother, Tua or his little brother, whose name escapes me right now, and it's clearly Tua. Tua is the better brother. This was what this matchup was about. This was destined to happen because. If you don't know, Tua's little brother went uh, goes to Maryland and plays football there. And even though we're in basketball, those sort of family feuds carry over, all right? We had a light red versus the deep red. The the, the, the crimson tide and the deep red took that win 96-77. So apparently there's something to the strategy of poaching football players. Now, not maybe not quite the same for LSU, but Michigan could be doing the same, and they could just have better luck with it. They also have the magic of Jawan Howard, who was, I think, I believe it was part of the Fab Five, and so there's there's just history there. So, right, come back to your roots. There's something magical about that. So, we've got our Sweet 16 set, and we've got a few days before that, so I'm going to try and uh, try and get Connor on the pod. We're going to try and do a, a more fun episode, kind of go in-depth, maybe look back in general on the whole tournament, and then give our predictions, not just for the Sweet 16, but through the end of the tournament. And But we'll still be following up round by round, given these updates. I have one of my four Final Four teams left in the tournament, actually, and that is Baylor. And guess what? I have zero faith. Well, I guess if I'm being antithetical here, I have absolute faith that Baylor is going to still win the chip, which should lead it to be that they lose now. So if, if I'm technically calling it, I'm getting a little confused in my own logic here. But... That does it for today's update. It's been crazy. We've got a few days break to breathe for a second before the Sweet 16 kicks off in the Elite Eight, and then we ultimately get to the National Championship. Should be a lot of fun. Let me know where your brackets are, where your thoughts are, if you have your own antithetical analysis, or some further breakdown or insight into any of these games as to why they unfolded or how they unfolded in the way that they did. Uh, you can do that by emailing the show. It's ramblingviking at gmail.com, or you can text the show 580-789-9258. Thanks so much, and we'll see you guys next time.